Happy Holidays! Welcome to the 32nd and the last episode of Stories That Made Us for 2020. This week, we cover three short tales from Down Under. Yes, it's all about Australian Dreamtime stories this week, with us covering the tales of the Kakadu of Northern Australia, the Gurunderi of Southern Australia, and Yolagu of Northeastern Arnhem Land. We last covered the other Australian tales, the Arente or Arentan in episode 1, and Southeastern Australian stories in episode 11. You might want to check them out for comparison. We've also spoken of many Polynesian tales, including the myths of Hawaii, Samoa and New Zealand in episode 28. Check them out too. Now then, let's begin with today's episode with the first tale, the Kakadu myth of our origin. The term Kakadu is a general name that is applied to the Aboriginal groups living in the Great Kakadu National Park in Northern Australia. This park, containing cave and rock arts, illustrates the mythologies of the peoples and tribes who have lived in the area for almost as long as 50,000 years. Their creation myth is a fascinating tale of the male giant Buraka and the female deity Imberambera, or the Great Mother. In this tale, Imberambera takes the primary role in the creative process while masculine participation seems to be limited to planting the seed of creation in the mother. So then, let's listen to the Kakadu myth of our origin. Way back, in the very beginning, the world was just water. In this water, there lived a giant named Waraka. Once, he walked through the western sea. His feet were on the ocean bed, but he was so tall that his head was still in the clouds. As he walked, he created the many features that we see in the world. When the giant came to the place known today as Alukaladi, he made the mountains row and bid well. And so, this is how it was for a while. The giant would roam around the world making new features, bringing up land from under the sea, and thus creating our world. When the giant rested, he first slept in a land known today as Waralia. When he rested the next day, he slept in Umurunguk, and then in Ajarakuk and Aruwurkwain. Now, while the giant was busy building all the features upon our world, there, at the same time, emerged Imberombera, the mother goddess. She too arrived from the sea, from what is known today as the Malai Bay or Wungaran. Vuraka and Imberombera met each other at Aruwurkwain, and it was there that she asked the giant where he was going. To this, the giant Waraka replied, I go to the east, in search of the bush to the land of the rising sun. Now, 
This was the first time that language was used in the world. Some say that the language the giant and the earth mother first spoke to each other in is the same language that the native people of Port Essington speak to this day. And so, Varaka and Imbarambera walked together towards the land of the rising sun. Now the giant was carrying his enormous penis over his shoulder. This tired him after a while and he sought to rest. He told Imbarambera to continue on the journey without him. My camp is near. You have a long way to go. So please, journey without me, he said. Now at this time, Imbarambera and Waraka were the only two creatures in the world. And so, Imbarambera did not wish to journey onwards without Waraka. But Waraka was too tired. Where he rested, the Tor Mountains arose, thus marking the spot for all eternity. Imbarambera too walked with a giant stomach, for in it she carried all the spirits of her children. On her head, she wore a bamboo ring from which hung many yams. She also carried a huge stick named Wairbi. Now at the spot that is called Marpur today, very close to Waraka's resting spot near the Tor Mountains, Imbarambera gave birth to two children. She then planted the yams there and instructed her children to feed on the yams. She gave the two children a language and they spoke Iwaja. As the giant deity then walked towards the rising sun, she left many spirit children along the way. Those that she left in Mamu spoke the Umoriu language and fed off the cypress bulb. Overall, she went to ten other places, leaving children and food for them. In time, these spirit children flourished, and it is from them that the many tribes of the Kakadu came to be. That ends the Kakadu story of our origin. The next tale is of the Gurundari. The Gurunderis are Aboriginals living in the Lower Murray River area of Southern Australia. As is with virtually all Australian Aboriginals, their creation myth is a dreaming story, speaking of an ancient creative walkabout by sacred ancestors. Taking their name after the great ancestor Gurunderi, their creation myth is a detailed chase where Gurunderi searches for his two wives, and whilst searching for them, creates the world, the Milky Way, and all the other creations that we see today. I hope you enjoyed their story of the creation of the world. The great ancestor Gurunderi sailed down the Murray River in a canoe as he searched for his two runaway wives. Back then, this river was but a tiny rivulet. A giant fish named Ponde, however, swam ahead of Gurunderi, 
thus widening the river with his tail. Ponde distracted the ancient ancestor, who chased after the creature, trying to spear it from his canoe. Now the first spear that the great ancestor threw missed the fish, but this spear turned into the landmass that is the Long Island or Lentilin. Later, when at Talimbend, also known as Tagalang, Gurunderi threw another spear. This one missed again, and the fish cut through the land trying to escape the great ancestor. This went on for a long time, and Gurunderi tried many times to catch the gigantic fish, but he was met with failure every time. Eventually, with the help of Nepele, the brother of his runaway wives, he finally succeeded in catching the fish. When the ancestor finally speared the fish, he cut it up. It is from this fish that all the creatures of the water came to be. Portions of Ponde were cut up to form all the fish that we see today. Now while Gurunderi was busy chasing after the fish, his two runaway wives had made camp. When the two were hungry, they cooked on their campfire. Gurunderi, after having caught and dismantled Ponde the fish, smelt the food drifting through the air. He knew immediately that his wives were close. Right away, he abandoned his camp and ran after his wives. His huts became two hills, and his bark canoe became the Milky Way. The wives heard their husband coming after them. They immediately abandoned their camp, quickly building a canoe out of reeds and grass. The women hurried south, hoping to avoid their husband. After a while, Gurunderi had chased his wives all the way to Kingston. Here, the great ancestor was challenged by the sorcerer named Parampari. The two giants fought using weapons and magic powers. They fought for a long time until eventually Gurunderi won. He finally burned his adversary's body in a huge fire. This site still remains, as the great granite boulders in the landscape. He then turned north along the Kurong beach. Here, he spent many a days digging silks in the sand for fresh water. Afterward, Gurunderi continued along, creating islands with his spears and places like the Longkuar Bluff with his club. His wives, meanwhile, fled along the beach in terror until they reached Cape Chervis. Now back then, Kangaroo Island was still connected to the mainland, and the two wives began to hurry across it. Eventually, Gurunderi arrived at Cape Chervis, and seeing his wives still fleeing from him, he called out in a voice of thunder for the waters to rise. The women were swept from their path by huge waves and were soon drowned. 
they became the Rocky Pages Islands. Gurunderi at this point knew that it was time for him to enter the spirit world. He crossed to the Kangaroo Island and travelled to its western end. After first throwing his spears into the sea, he dived in, before rising to become a star in the Milky Way. Our final story is of the Yongu or Yolongu. The Tuwa group of the Yolongu, an Aboriginal tribe of northeastern Arhemland in Australia, tell the story of creation in a song cycle about the Jangawo, two sisters and a brother who travelled across the land in what is known as Dreamtime. The Jangawo cult is one of the most popular in Arnhemland. And this is their story. In the beginning, everything in nature existed except for humans. The pre-human ancestors of humans did exist, and these were called the Jangabul. They created all the landscapes and features upon the earth by way of Aborigine dreaming. They possessed sacred thoughts as well as magical objects they carried in a bark canoe to the various parts of the country they wished to populate. There were three of these beings, Jangawul himself and his two sisters. Jangawul had a very long, uncircumcised penis decorated with notches. The sisters had long clitorises. The sex organs of all three dragged along the ground, leaving sacred markings. Wherever the ancestors beached their canoe, they left children made by the brother and the older sister, and later the younger sister as well. They conceived the children in the normal way, but it was necessary for Jangawul to lift the long clitorises of his mates to do so. Wherever they stopped, they also left dreamings in the forms of objects, sacred stories, and ceremonial traditions. Their sacred sex organs were central to the ceremonies and were represented by decorated poles. Eventually, Jangawal and his sisters came to Jelangbara, the holy destination of their journey and the centre to this day of their cult in northeastern Arhemland. They made camp in what is now a sacred waterhole made by the Jangawul when they inserted a sacred pole into the ground. Today, a spring flows from the hole. Some say that when they got to Arnhem Bay, they instituted the practice of circumcision. In any case, Wherever they went, they established their cult and left children who would later act together as husbands and wives. And so it was that the humans of that area came to be. Another creation myth from the tribes of Arnhemland is the familiar animistic myth of a world parent as the source of creation. Kunanipi in this tale is the mother goddess who existed before all things 
and whose body is the basis of earth itself. Her body, the earth, contains the secret caves in which her followers worship. It was Kunanipi who long ago in the dream time brought the first ancestors to the land and then taught them the song lines of the Dreamtime songs, the lines they could follow to the sacred places of her body. Once in a lifetime, each of Kunanipi's worshippers goes to one of the sacred places and swings a bull roarer until Kunanipi sings, thus introduces the initiate to his or her soul twin, a soul that resides always with the goddess and at the worshipper's death will call its twin back to Kunanipi. These are all the stories we have time for in this episode. If you liked what you heard, check out episodes 1, 11 and 28 for more comparative tales. Also, please consider leaving a rating and a feedback on whatever podcast player you use. Why not follow us on social media to keep up to date with the latest? Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at StoriesTHTMDEUS. That's at StoriesTHTMDEUS. You may also email us at info.storiesthatmadeus at gmail.com. Do let us know your feedback and comments, or just stop by to say hello. I'll see you again next week, and in the next year, with more tales of our creation. Until then, goodbye, take care, and have a wonderful new year.